now who doesn't know that or who hasn't been in the industry for a long time. And so, I don't know, people are scared and worried about their income and everything else. I think my friend Jen is on here. Jen, are you here? Hi, Jen, if you're here. I might have to go shut my dog's bedroom door because they are, they're in their kennels and they're spoiled. Oh, hey, Jen, they're spoiled now because I don't make them be in the kennel at night anymore. And so I put them in there for this. And now my little one is like barking at me. So. <laughs> uh, well, How have you been? I've been good. I've been good. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I've been good. Like I said, everything is, I just feel like life is in the unknown right now. And um, yeah, it's just very interesting the way everything unfolds, I think. I once had a teacher who, um, I it, this was years ago, I asked her because I was in a really weird spot. I didn't know if I wanted to pursue like a different career path or stay in real estate. And she said like that you need to learn to appreciate the interim because and look at it from a standpoint of there are all of these possibilities like there's mm -hmm. a million forks in the road and I could go any direction and when in your life do you have that laid out in front of you because some people have no choices right oh I 100% agree with you I think that's what's so why I said I it feels interesting because it really is this like and that's almost overwhelming to be able to do whatever yeah. right so it's it's like really good but it's just this place that I've never been before and um yeah so I, yeah. I would agree with that I feel that very deeply where it's like wow this is so cool it's it's like this different um aspect of freedom that I've never had before and that also coincides with like this freedom that I'm also experiencing internally from a lot of the things that I worked through in the past year. And so it's just like this very, like, it's a really amazing place to be. Um, but it's, yeah, it's kind of like sinking into it has been has been an adjustment and just kind of allowing life to unfold. Yeah. And it's hard when you are a planner and a Virgo. Yes, it is. is. It's very hard. Today in our honor. And then I spilled something. I spilled kava on it right before I came on. So I had to change, but, but yeah, it is hard to settle into that and just let the unknown unfold when you're normally planning and you have like structure and stuff in your life, but yeah. So it's been interesting, but it's been really great. And, um, so yeah, that's where, that's where I'm at. How have you been? I've been good. I've been really good. I've been tearing up my house and I know remodeling stuff. And I don't know, is this like the first time in my life I've ever lived alone? So, it's just, it's interesting, you know, like, yep. like there's nobody to pick up after feed 
and you know i'm just looking at my house and i'm like well it's just me i don't have to please anybody else i might as well do whatever the fuck i want to it and so that's what i've been doing just whatever the hell i want to my house <laughs> yay you're fun. you're creating so. your new sacred space yes exactly so yeah so i didn't know if we wanted to kind of like have this episode or whatever we would like to call it um be kind of like a general stance on creating like a sacred space in your home and then maybe if we wanted we could like go room by room in different areas or something like that for our next few um times that we get together and maybe rotate it like that or we could. I thought it would be good if we start with like basic stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mainly because like, you know, you can create like a corner of your house that's all Zen and beautiful, but if the rest of your house is a complete mess, um, but maybe we can go over just some basic things to start with for a house as a whole and then start to like move into the other yeah little areas and things like that yeah yeah and I think it's like <clears throat> I think it starts with looking at our homes a little bit differently because and and this has changed I think since 2020 era but you know, we kind of got used to our homes just being the space that we like went home to after work and we weren't really spending that much time in them. And now that, you know, since we did, we were forced to spend a lot of time at home. And then now I think people have become used to that and they are getting more in touch with spending time at home. And we're changing the way that we see our space. And I think that, you know, from a really basic feng shui perspective, our home is our, our mirror or a direct extension of us. So, you know, the way that we're treating ourselves, we're probably treating our home the same way and vice versa. So how can we, you know, start seeing it as a space that just in general should be treated more sacredly and maybe with more respect and more care and that can be really basic things like you know having like a good i say schedule and i don't necessarily have it scheduled out on the calendar but you know like every couple months i do a really good deep clean of everything and you know just certain things that we're doing within our space in general keeping things decluttered. So anything that we don't love, use, or doesn't serve a purpose, you know, we're constantly thinking about how we can remove those things from our home to allow space for better things. So, you know, like from my perspective, I think it's kind of like starting there with like recognizing that your space is very closely and directly connected with you. And like, so what is it saying about you currently? And mm -hmm. what, what would you prefer, you know, that it does say? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, um, I, you should introduce yourself for one and tell people how to get a hold of you. I'm going to go let my noisy okay. dog in the bedroom. And I'll be right 
Okay, so if you are joining um, us for the first time or you're just hearing about myself for the first time, my name is Kate Troyer. I am a feng shui lifestylist, so I'm a certified feng shui practitioner, um, but I work with people and I also create resources for people to basically create their dream lifestyle through the medium of their home. So there are lots of different things. Um, my website and my company is homesliceliving. So you can join my community, get on my email list at homesliceliving.com, see how we can work together one-on-one. -on -one. I do have different TikTok series also that I just recently put out, one about decluttering your home um, and like what it means, like what your clutter kind of could be defined as room by room, and then one with a basic understanding of clutter and then a clutter meditation so that's some things i have on here that's me oh look at the baby yeah this is this is my naughty the dog spoiled spoiled one mommy's girl she's a, she's a we busy know girl. yeah um and she's your favorite she this one is not my soul dog my She's soul not. dog is my older one who is just calm and complete and is a total people pleaser. This one, like, okay, so it's funny. My two. This is the younger one. This is the young one. And my two shepherds. The trouble fight. starter. Yeah, they fight with each other. They're like, they would kill each other. So they have to be separated all the time. And when I, when they first started fighting, I called a friend of mine who works in animal rescue and she said to me, what do the personalities of those two dogs represent? in you and i was like oh my god because the one the older is like really um she just wants to please you she's calm she's quiet she doesn't ask for anything and the young one is like feral like she's <laughs> wild and i'm like oh my god these dogs are like my dark and you know my dark <laughs> side and my people pleaser <laughs> side Oh my gosh. Anyway, so yeah, I've learned to appreciate both of them because now I kind of look at both of them as a part of my personality and, you know, I love that. We all need to be a little bit feral. So yes, I would agree. I'm in my, hmm. yes. Feral so yeah, time. my name is Julie Baldino. I am a long, long time real estate broker over 20 years and I started working with crystals personally gosh, I don't know, when I was a teenager. And then I had um, formal training several years ago. I started using them in my client's house just to kind of create um, nice flow and energy in their space before they list their property and also maximize the amount of money they're going to get because there are corners that you can beef up and stones that you can use to do that. So, um, and anyway, so yeah, that's my history with them. And now I work with a, like a lot of them on the body and everything else so yeah and you're crazy 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 knowledgeable about them too i have to thank you for helping my feng shui client um out that had the crazy bagua map where we couldn't do any like it was difficult to um square her bagua map off and you came in clutch with the ideas and the crystal guy love him 
Mark. He's awesome. Yeah, Mark is yeah. awesome. Great. Love Mark. Shout yeah. out to Mark. We're He's getting, a good guy. Yeah. We're He's getting everything our, situated He's one of our real estate clients, too. Really? That's so yeah. awesome. I love yeah. that. Yeah. No, he's a good guy. I'm glad he was able to help. Did he have the right stones? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm waiting to hear if he has a couple other ones, and we're going to do it all, because this is a client I have in South Africa. So it's like we're, we're going to get everything together, and... She's coming. Her kids are both going to school here in the States. So she's going to be here in March. So she might like pick them up then. And I might send, like, it's a whole thing. But anyway, so yeah, but that like solution, I have my, I've been talking to my uh, group. Um, there's like a group of everybody who went to the feng shui school that I went to. And cause I asked them about their input and they're like, Oh, you could do this and this. And I'm like, I need like, you know, it's often a solution that when you can't square it off, you enhance that corner in the main rooms of the home, which I totally believe in, but in my mind, like it needs to be squared off in some way. Right. Like I feel like that it's like a must, like it needs like to it be was done. Like energy leak or something. Yeah. And yeah, just to like give some context, since we have people on here, the, what Kate called me about was she had a client that has a home that was, and was it an unusual shape or did it in an unusual shape? And so it was basically, shape. it was missing a, a corner. shape. Yes. Missing a corner so that it's, the house wasn't square. So it's hard to apply the fun, the, the home energy map when you don't have a square. Yeah. And It'll the corner, square. which would be the square, was in the middle of the street. And she was like, uh, she called me and said, I don't know, or left me a voice message. I don't know what to do. And I was driving home and I was like, oh my God, I've got the best idea. <laughs> so I'm so excited to like get it working because like exactly what they're experiencing in their life is showing that they have so it's the corner where the the bottom right corner where the synchronicities area is and the life path area synchronicities area and part and maybe a little bit of the center is missing and they're experiencing stuff in those areas of their life like it's so spot it's kind of wild so, and they were so, living in another house before that they really loved that had a very different layout. They weren't experiencing the problems there. Like it's. Yeah. So somebody asked me, what was the fix? Jen asked me the fix was we, you needed to find a way to project energy from the, from this, where the house was to the missing corner to create that square shape. So the, the fix that I recommended was you were using Vogel, clear quartz Vogels, Vogel cut wands. And they're, it was kind of expensive, but Vogels, I'm, I don't know if anybody, if you know, Jen, who Marcel Vogel is, but he was an IBM scientist and he discovered that if you cut quartz at, I think it's like 48.6 degrees or something um, that you maximize the rotation or the spin of the court. So you really project that energy out. So I was like, oh my God, you could do Vogel cuts on both of those areas and project that energy out to the corner, which the corner was in the street. So you couldn't put anything out in the street. So instead she, they're going to create, right? They're going to create that square with two 
on the sides pointing out. That yep. was the fix. So I will be so interested to see if some of their issues go away. I after seriously that. can't wait to like hear about it. And I can't wait to experience it because it's so crazy how much it mirrors what's going on in their life. And I'm like, oh my God, we have to square this off. And for me, again, especially like, it's not just about like, sometimes you have missing areas and just kind of projecting something out is fine. But to me, like when one of the corners is missing, like the four corners to me are like the foundation of the foundation, right? Like the Bagua map, the home energy map is kind of like the foundation to us understanding the energy of our home. And, and it's like those, I see those as like these four pillars and like they need, um, they need to like be in place that needs to be, that gap needs to be closed some way. So, and they had so much space too, from where the house was to where it needed to go out into the street because it's a large home. And so we needed to project that energy out strong and far. So yeah, I can't wait for them to get yeah. that and see um, what continues to happen. I'm yeah, that'll be that. interesting. I mean, and um, when Marcel Vogel discovered the power in that cut, it was completely by accident. He was cutting the stones like in his laboratory and people out in the hallway were experiencing dizziness and passing out. And this is high quality course that they're like using in TVs and watches. And so they're using really good quality courts. And yeah, and then... Yeah. Anyway, just that I just thought that was really cool. That's actually a great segue into kind of talking about some of the basics of just kind of making your space pretty zen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I guess I shared kind of like a couple of my basics or what I would tell people to start with. Like, what would be what would be yours? Um, <clears throat> mine would definitely be and this is not crystal related but cleaning and decluttering um one of the things that i did when i regained my home all by myself was i just started getting rid of shit kate i just grabbed boxes and i'm like if i haven't looked at it in a year it doesn't need to live here anymore like and um it was amazing how much I thought that I needed that I actually threw away. And I still have like three boxes that need to go to, to like Goodwill or be donated. So I, I would say like declutter completely and then um, give a good deep clean and at, and then a really good energetic clean, like either with smoke I prefer smoke. I know you like sound. You, you use a drum, right? I do. Yeah, I do a little bit of everything depending on my mood, really. So it depends on um, <clears throat> how I'm feeling. Sometimes I use my drum. I always do um, some kind of smoke and my drum, like if I'm doing like a deep space clearing. But as far as... Um, just like every day, like I have Palo Santo out, I have a huge sage bundle, I burn incense like 
all the time. My house probably smells like an ashram or something. Like I, I know mine does. Yoga studio. Yeah, I it just burn a lot all the time. Yeah, so I kind of like, um, but I, you know, a couple times a month I do like a deep. So I'll typically do a a complete deep clean of my house first. So all of, you know, I'm doing laundry, I'm doing dishes, like everything is getting like super deep cleaned. And when I do that, then I'll space clear. And that's when I'll do like some sort of smoke clearing first. And I start at my front door and, you know, go around my entire house. Then I get out the drum Um, or no, I'm sorry. I do drum and then smoke. Because I do drum to break, I just want to break everything up mm-hmm. and move it. And then I'll do smoke to remove it. And then um, I bring in, I do, I have a chime that I use when I'm like calling in. Because something I think maybe we should mention is like whenever you're removing energy or whatever from your home like you want to be mindful about setting the intention of what you want to call in right you can be intentional about what fills that space that you've just cleared or you can just like let whatever come in so i always think it's important that like after i've you know removed energy that i'm i'm uh thinking about what i want to call in as well yeah um jen asked me if um I like Florida water and yeah, I don't personally use it, but a friend of mine who actually does house cleaning or house cleansings professionally, she uses, she wipes down the surfaces of the house with Florida water after she is done um, doing a smoke cleanse. I love that. I always, she does like the door handles and like the the kitchen cabinets and stuff. The stuff that we touch, like, I don't think people realize how much energy we carry in our hands and we're transferring that constantly. So, um, that's why I smoke cleanse my hands probably daily. Um, Mm -hmm. just because we're pulling it in and yeah. And, um, I, I do smoke too. And I also, a friend bought me a really beautiful rattle. And so I will do that as well because sound does break energy up. So it's a rattle that not only I use on body work, but I'll use it in my house. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'll do a cleanser and then I'll do something for calling in. I really like sweet grass. I just, yeah. Um, I don't know. It just seems like it's one of those herbs that brings in blessings in general. So I just, yeah. Yeah. I'll burn cinnamon a lot of times. And then when I do like a deep space clearing, I always mop like after I've deep cleaned my house, then I space clear and then I'll mop my floors. Cause I basically have like all hard surface other than rugs. Um, and I do like uh mop water with like, vinegar and something else and cinnamon and nutmeg and I do like a mix of that like after after I do that too you know clean up anything that's there but also kind of like set a a good intention for um prosperity as well Jen is saying you should Mm -hmm. mop Florida water Ooh, yeah, I yeah. would totally do that. Um, she also, and your questions aren't annoying, Jen. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> Not annoying. Um, 
So what Kate was saying is when you're using, uh, when you're doing a smoke cleanse, you're basically removing all energy. So you want to burn something that has the intention of bringing the energy you want back in. So like yeah. if you're burning lavender, it's bringing in peace. I mean, for, for me, sweet grass is representative, a representative of blessings. So you want to go back through and bring in the energy that's yeah, that's yeah and so you use something like smoke to bring it in and i typically i have a chime that i mm -hmm. use and i sit and i'll set the intention you know at my front door and then i'll move around the rest of my space just kind of like <clears throat> saying that intention as a as a mantra um but then i typically will light incense afterwards like it's always like I feel like my thing is like this whole, it's not really that much of a process, but it sounds like it is. And it's always kind of ever changing. And I think that's important to note too. Like, you know, I've picked up all these and you have too, we've picked up all these different tools along the way because we've been experimenting and doing these kinds of things for years. And it's like, you kind of pick up different tools and get into different things along the way. Um, but you know, I don't think there's like one necessarily steadfast way to do something. If something feels right to you, you're not like hurting anything. I will say like, you should always be opening up your windows when you're doing this, right? We want the energy to be able to have a place to leave. I usually prop my front door open as well. But like, other than that, like there's not, you're not going to do something wrong, you know, right. and so like doing what feels right to you. And that might be this whole, you know, thing, or it might just be smoke cleansing, or it might just be, you know, setting the intention. Um, yeah. You know, it shouldn't feel like a chore. If it right. feels like a chore, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Right. Like absolutely. I actually enjoy doing it. And I know yeah. that another thing that I do, especially when I leave my house at the beach, because I have to leave it for like, two weeks at a time and the the weather down there is crazy and the wind blows at 90 miles an hour and that house has been standing since 1960 so i and i get so much peace from that house right so when i'm doing the cleansing before i leave i'm always i i talk to it yes <laughs> and i thank it for the peace it brings me and I thank it from protecting for protecting me from the elements and for standing up to the wind and the waves and you know so I think that's a good thing to mention Julie like we're kind of talking about like basics of you know creating a sacred space and I would say like acknowledging and talking to your home is like one of those things you can do I talk to my home literally every single day like I say good morning to it. I say good night. I say hello. I say goodbye. Like I talk to it because like it is, it's a living organism just like anything else. And um, I think the more I interface with it, the more it's supporting me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I also brings in that element of just living in gratitude, yeah. you know, if yeah. you're constantly thanking it. And if you think about it, especially right now, and with me being in the real estate industry, how hard it is to afford a home. Like if you've got one and you can pay for it, we should be thanking it every day. Yeah, you know? definitely. There are a lot of people that don't right now. So, um, yeah.
anyway, that th those are like just basics that I do. And then the other um, really basic thing that I would do is um, d define the corners, but like you said, um, but I like to have a, a, a grid laid out yeah. with crystals in all the corners and at the windows just as a very basic um, layout in the house. The grid on the corners mainly for protection and then um, and it, you know you can use any kind of protection stone. I like black tourmaline but you I also use obsidian at the front door and the back door um, and then I like to use selenite sticks in the window sills just to kind of bring the light energy in. And that would be just like if I were to come to a client's house and they said, just do something really basic. I have a hundred dollars. That's what I would do is black tourmaline in the corners and selenite in the windows just to kind of keep a good energetic balance uh, mm -hmm. and to keep just the bad energy from en entering and the good energy coming in. So, yeah, I love that. I have selenite in all my windows. I have it in most, and then I end up using it on people or on my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's being all over the house. So, but yeah, I think that's a really good basic grid. I mean, Kate and I have done lives where we talk about different crystals to use in different parts of the home energy map, and that you can get really in depth with that, and you can get really in depth with. Um, mm -hmm which what you where what rooms what you use in what room but um <clears throat> yeah for, for me, different altars like there's just yeah. so many sorry not to interrupt you Go ahead. um jen just asked a question that is actually not a weird question that is a really good question um does the size of the crystal you use matter so the energy field of the crystal does is affected by the size of the crystal right and you can and the the way i was taught to check it was with a pendulum and you the pendulum oh will, how do you do it i have my pendulum right here okay so you have crystals once the pendulum enters the energy field of the stone it'll start to swing okay if I've it's stagnant so yeah, the smaller stones have a smaller. So here's a that's the big. biggest one that I have here. Yeah, and that should that should work way out. Like got it. It'll show you kind of like the radius. So start to pull it back for, away from the stone. Oh, I'll and see how way. far you can go back before it stops oh. moving. So yes, it does, but I do think that a lot of the use of them is a placebo effect. I mean, I'm realistic about it. And so, you know, if you think that it is working from <clears throat> then it probably is because you think that. <laughs> so curious, I have this little. Okay, so <laughs> measure measure that one from the point. Yeah. So yeah, point it yeah. towards the pendulum, right? Yeah, and then just keep pulling it away and see when the pendulum stops. Because it What's will. It? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's how 
I mean, some people can feel it with their hands. And yeah, Jen, do the best you can with what you have. I think that like one of the best teachers I had <laughs> was so laid back about the use of crystals. People get so hung up on the rules, like, you know, and I have to do the same thing with feng shui. Yeah. And it, no, you do what works for you. And like, you know, so they, you know, I can sit here and say, oh, don't put clear quartz by your bed. If you can't sleep without clear quartz, you, you need to put it by your bed. Like you don't need to listen to me or the, you know, people on TikTok telling you what to like, just, you have to do what resonates with you first. Yeah. And yeah, you have to do the best you can with what you have. Like I have huge stones here that were like at my house. There were several thousand dollars and I'm sure their energy Taurus is gigantic, but not everybody can buy those. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important too. It's like when you learn about, when you learn different knowledge about crystals, about feng shui, about all of these different mediums especially that we see on social media and TikTok right now I think it's important that you know to me having that knowledge gives me something to play around with so like you mentioned like having a clear quartz crystal and you're like oh my gosh you know I I do have one by my bed and I don't sleep well and maybe then you remove that and see or maybe you've had one in there and you're like oh I sleep great and maybe that's not an issue for you and same thing with like mirrors right? In feng shui, like some people can handle that energy and it's, it doesn't bother them. And some people, a small mirror can throw off, you know, the way that they sleep and stuff because it's creating extra energy stimulation in the room. And, you know, so there's like all of those different things and something that suits you right now may not suit you in a suit you in a few months because the, you know, like you've changed and now what you need has changed. And so I think it's important to like, you know, you can pay it pay attention to what people like what you're learning, but also not be afraid to experiment with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like if you do something like I've done a crystal grid under my mattress for months, and what was the first thing? Me, I was like, I have like 17 stones, Julie, in each corner of my bed, and I just cannot sleep. Like, what's going on? You're like, wow, that seems like a lot. I think I had selenite was one of them, right? So first I removed the selenite, and I had like maybe lapis and tiger's eye, and I still wasn't sleeping, so I removed the lapis, and now I sleep with just tiger's eye, and I sleep great like that. Mm -hmm. right like that's very grounding for me yeah. but the other ones you know didn't work and I've experimented with other ones since and nothing works for me like tiger's eye in the corners of my mattress yeah I mean selenite's a really high vibration stone so if you're sensitive to energy yes I was like tripping out while I was sleeping it was mm -hmm. I was having weird dreams and like half sleeping and like waking up and being like, why do I feel like I'm not alone in this space? <laughs> yeah. So that was, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's the same with clear quartz, but then there's also people who are like, you know, oh, I can't wear Moldavite. Moldavite's a good example of things that people like have an aversion to. I can freaking sleep in Moldavite. Like I could sleep surrounded mm -hmm. by it and it wouldn't affect me at all. So 
Um, but then it also gives me energy during the day if I pair it with like clear quartz or Herkimer diamond or something. So yeah, it, the information is great, but it just gives you something to play with. You should still do yeah. what resonates. Play with it. It should be fun. Yeah, it should be. Cause none of it's harmful, right? Like no. what's the worst that can happen? You lose one night of sleep because you put selenite under your bed and yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you have trippy dreams for a week and then you remove it and you're like, oh, okay, I'm not losing my mind. It was just the selenite under my bed. Yeah, you know, I redid my bedroom and mm -hmm. I put this giant, um, it's a it's a giant tourmaline specimen. It's got watermelon tourmaline in it and I haven't slept good since, now that we're talking about it, I haven't slept good since I put it there. Mm. Yeah. I might swap them because on the other side of my bed, I have a lipidolite, so I might swap them, but, but yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I say don't follow rules, use your intuition and move stuff around often. Like, yes, I, was, I move stuff all the freaking time. Like, and I even have crystals in all of my plants and I'll be walking through my house and I'll be like, I don't think that one wants to be in there anymore. And then I'll swap it out with something else. I'm doing it constantly and I'm not doing it because it's a chore. I'm doing it because I actually like doing it. So if Same. it's ever a chore, then Same. just fuck it. Don't think about it. Just leave it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it just randomly hits me. Like I'll be like, oh, like, and I do this with crystals. I do it with decor. I do it with artwork. Like it's, and I'm sure you do the same. It's like with everything, but like my crystals, right. They move around my house like constantly It'll just catch my eye one day and I'll be like, oh, and I'll get an idea of where to put it. And to me, that's like, oh, it wants to live here now. So I don't know why, because I'm not like, I get most of my crystal knowledge from you and just from like when I need it. Right. Like, and I'm, it's something I'm, I loosely build my knowledge on and, um, half the time, I don't know why I'm putting stuff where, but I'm just like, no, like it wants to be here. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I, usually when I bring one home, and I, I I have so many that normally I, at this point, I buy like collector type pieces or like rare, yeah. rare specimens or really large ones. Um, I will set it on my dining room table until I know where to put it. Mm -hmm. And it just sits there. And then, you know, I, I'll go and I'll put it in one corner and I'm like, you know, technically this shouldn't be in this corner. If you're looking at the home energy map, but I like it in this corner or yeah. I like it in this room, even though it technically isn't good for that. So I follow my intuition before anything. I do the same thing. I kind of like will check my, like, <clears throat> I went through a period where I was like too by the home energy map. And I was like, ew, I'm getting too rigid with this. I don't like that. Um, so it's like, <clears throat> that typically tends to be my foundation unless I'm specifically trying to enhance the energy of that area for a reason. Then I typically have like an altar or something, right. That's like in that space. Um, but I realized that, you know, like you, like I'm moving things around constantly and that was taking like the joy of my intuition and moving things around. So I often will move things. And then at some later point, you know, like <clears throat> a few weeks later or something, I'll kind of like look at it and think like, 
oh, what is what was my house trying to tell me now because of where I move this instead of, you know, like double checking it or whatever, I find that it's like, it's I get little clues, you know, like kind yeah. of like your home will talk to you in a way like not maybe physically to speak to you. But where you end up moving things, you're like, oh, it's so funny. I moved all of this into my life path area, you know, and I like, and that's, in, I moved my office in here and I just started a new business, like just, you know, little things like that. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. I kind of squirreled there for a second. Well, it does end up being a <laughs> weird, weird coincidence. And I actually, when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today, um, I, the, the one thought I kept having is, you know, you create like this space where you meditate or the space where you chill out in the place where you'll sit. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause like, oftentimes you can take a whole entire room and I've done this in my house and cre you create this beautiful Zen den where you go and you can sit and meditate, but it's not a room that you like to sit in. So you don't use it. You don't sit in it. Right. Yeah. This is where I meditate every day on my yeah. couch. This is my little corner. I have my tray of crystals and candles. I've got all of my stuff here. And well, I've tried I, out multiple places. This is my favorite spot. I redid my bedroom and mm -hmm. in my bedroom is so pretty and calm and sparse. You guys, my God, I got rid of everything. I got rid of the mirrors. I got rid of the husband clutter. That's all gone. You know, my closet got all cleaned out. Like, and then, and, and I started meditating in there. I built an altar in there and I started meditating in there. And then I realized it's the wisdom corner of my house. Ooh, that's where this is for me too. Yeah. I just thought about that. That wasn't purposeful at all, but I have like for the last several weeks, I get up, feed my dogs, let them out and then go back to my room and get in my bed and meditate, journal, do do that stuff there. And then it dawned on me that that was the wisdom corner. And I'm like, oh my God. Interesting that your master bedroom has always been in the wisdom corner. Like that, the relationship was there to teach you some lessons maybe in life. Interesting. Yeah, I also remember I had a desk back there. Yeah. I I moved that and I moved like because I found that I like to work a lot at my kitchen table just because I can be like in the center of my house. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the room I moved it to, which is a guest bedroom, is my abundance corner. So, I'm like, well, that's where the desk should be to begin with. So, anyway. I love that. Yeah. Um, Jen is asking, can you explain more about bedroom setup with crystals? So um, Kate mentioned that you have a grid underneath your bed, right? Yeah. It's like, and I tuck the stones in the corner of my, um, like under my mattress in the um, sheet. I stick them in the corners underneath. And a good shape for that is a square because the squares are grounding and you're in there to relax and sleep. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that Kate recommends too is to not have any mirrors or cover them up, correct? At yeah. night. Um, if I you don't sleep, if you sleep yeah. super well and you don't have a problem sleeping, but you could still experiment with it. Either 
and I'll tell people to either remove it or cover it and but for like five days right so you can truly see if you're getting a benefit from having it covered or not being there or not Um, another thing that uh, Kate recommends is having two nightstands. I saw your video on that. And Jen, this will probably be interesting for you. Having two nightstands, I've also heard keeping closet space open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just if you are looking for a partner. Yeah. You have doubles of everything, right? Yep, exactly. Because you want balance and harmony. Mm-hmm. You want to call in a balanced partner, a more yeah. equal partner. So two matching nightstands, two matching lamps. You can leave the drawer in the nightstand empty. You know, you could like go all the way. You could like put some things in it. Like what would your future partner, like what might they keep in their nightstand? Keep a little bit of room in your closet. You know, turn both lamps on even though it's only you. Like just little things like that. You could also customize your crystal selections for in the nightstand based on the type of partner you want. Like if you want a rich guy, put some citrine in there. You want somebody like powerful and wise, put lapis in there. Um, What else? I would put some kind of a love stone, like morganite or... I don't you could always do rose quartz, but morganite would be great because it that stone is being used a lot as a as a wedding. A citri- what did you say, citrine and lapis, or no citrine? Yeah, and- lapis and citrine, and I would use okay. morganite. That would be a great. That would morganite. be a great combination of a man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing right after we get off this live. What's well, lapis empty nightstand on the left has, side like, of the bed. Bella's the left side of the bed's all yours. Yeah. Lapis has a good, like, like a strong wise energy, but it also Mm -hmm. has pyrite in it, which is really masculine. So it's, I don't know, it feels like it has a good balance of masculine and feminine. So I think that would be Oh, I love this for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I don't like, there's no rhyme or reason to how I have things placed in my bedroom. I just, I have two really big, beautiful pieces on the nightstand. I am going to swap them though, because I wonder if the tourmaline is keeping me from sleeping. So I'm going to swap those. And then I have an altar in my bedroom. Um, and I switch up the crystals on that based on, um, the wheel of the year. So when I rebuild a new altar, I use all different stones. And then um, I also put the stones that I like to meditate with on the altar just to kind of keep them charged and fresh. And depending on what kind of a mood I'm in, I'll grab one of them. But typically they're my favorite smaller ones, right? And most of them honestly are have been gifts from Mark. Um, he always finds these beautiful little stones in the batches that he gets and he sets them aside. And then when I see him, he gives them to me. So I have a really, really, really nice Lemurian that I bought that I like to meditate with a lot. Um, and I have a really cool garden quartz that he gave me that I like to meditate with. Um, another friend gave me a carnelian that I love to meditate with. So yeah, um, those all sit up on the altar. 
but there's no rhyme or reason to what those are. They're just ones that I like to grab if I'm meditating or writing. Um, a good, and, and I do journal in the morning as well. A really good stone to journal with is sodalite. So if you're a, and actually sodalite is a really good stone to meditate with too. And it's a good stone to sleep with because it induces like a dream state. So that would be one that I would recommend highly for the bedroom. Um, another one would be howlite because it can calm your mind, um, which would be good for whatever you use your bedroom for sleeping. <laughs> Mostly most people aren't going to meditate in their bedroom, but it's good for sleeping. Um, but yeah, I, I tend, I like recommend that people stay away from at least close to their beds, any of the uh, lighter colored stones just because they're higher vibration they can keep you awake but play with it and see and then also one more tip for the bedroom that I think is really important we are um, never we're not usually stationary for six to eight hours so it's a really good opportunity to soak up the energy of a stone with zero effort whatsoever so if you're there are things that you want to work on you know that and there's a certain stone for that stick it under your pillow it's like effortless working on it <laughs> so and then bedroom too a lot of people you know use the bedroom for other things so there are stones that are like for um sex drive and passion and libido so you could also pick some of those i just wouldn't keep them by the bed after you're done just because they might keep you up <laughs> so it depends on what you use your bedroom for jen you could do all sorts of things with it i think we should use <laughs> yours your to call in a mate space. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean that my four corners would be the basics. The windows would be the basics. Entrance would be um, basic for me. Like I usually would use some kind of a protection stone at the entrance. I like obsidian um, and obsidian can stay outside in the climate that I live in. So I have big chunks of obsidian outside my door. Um, but you could use smoky quartz. Um, black tourmaline does not hold up well in the Pacific Northwest because <laughs> it's so wet. So um, you could use that on the inside, but I like to have them both on the inside and the outside. And then I think the next step to kind of figuring out a spot where you want to, you know, be able to chill out and read a book or chill out and journal or meditate or whatever is finding the spot in your house that you will actually sit and then work on that spot. Yep. And then how do you put all of the things that you need, your journal, your crystals, your cards, your headphones, like whatever it is, right? How can you make sure that stuff is always right there? Like for me, I, you know, live by myself. And so like I can have a stack of books and crystals and just all of my stuff here just on I have a wide arm on my couch, right? And I've got trays and stuff that I use. But I a good solution I use with clients a lot of times is like a basket, right? Do you have a so you have your basket of things that sits beside the couch or the chair or 
in your bedroom or just wherever it is so that when you're ready to sit down and take that moment of time and space for yourself, anything that you could possibly need is right there for you. Because for me, I like to make things stupid, simple. I, I have to. Things have to be just laid out for me in the simplest form or I don't do them. I don't stick to routines. I don't stick to habits. I have to make things like in my face. And so, you know, my home is set up like that where everything that I need, where I naturally gravitate towards needing it is, is there for me. I think that's, it's really important that you brought that up. I I agree with that. And that's part of what I have been doing in my house. Mm -hmm. Like I had all my books downstairs and I'm like, fuck no. I reference them all the time. I'm putting these son of a bitches in the living room. So I have a bookshelf up here. They're all out here. All of my cards are in the little table that this, that my phone is sitting on. So, and my, the books that I'm reading with one of them is all about crystals and pleasure. Ooh. I know. Um, they're all sitting right next to the couch where I read. So yeah, keeping everything close so you can just, you don't have to get up and go get something or. Yeah, it's right there when you need it. And I, I think that's one of like the simplest tips that I can give in, in setting up your home to serve you. Like to Mm -hmm. me, like maybe that's not an ancient like feng shui principle, but to me, it's like one of the core principles of what I do and what I practice and what I teach is like setting your home up to serve you. And it's little, it's those little details and things like that, that make such a big difference in your everyday life. And I think those are, you know, some of the most important things and maybe a good thing to like come full circle on as we um, wrap everything up, like, you know, thinking about how, if you take anything away from this, like, how can you view your home and ask yourself, how can I set this up better to serve me? Mm -hmm. You know, we know that we need to deep clean. We know that we need to declutter. Like, you know, to me, those things for most are obvious for most. I get that there are, you know, we've got different circumstances and things, but like, we know that we need to do those things. So how can we start looking at our home differently and realizing that like we can truly like interact with it and vice versa and set it up to like truly be a support. Cause that's what a home is. Like it's our safety. It's our support. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's that symbolism in, in our life. And like, we forget that. And if we could just take the time to like have a new awareness about it, um, just even starting to let yourself see your home as that and think about it that way, I think can be, um, can make things a lot different. Yeah, we we had a couple of questions. Um, One was, do you need an entire room to set up like a sacred space or a Zen den? Absolutely not. Like it can be in a closet if it just needs to be where you sit. Um, Yeah, right here. This is where one of mine is, my main one, right here where I'm sitting right now. The other one was really good. It was... um, what is the best area according to the home energy map? And I mentioned, and I, mm-hmm. this is your, this is your um, arena, but probably the knowledge and cultivation area, correct? Yeah, I would say that or the center, right? Because the center is oh, your yeah. most grounded point. 
Um, but the wisdom self-cultivation area, yes. And, and think about this too, for the person that asked the question, you know, you can also lay the home energy map on a room individually. So it, you know, you could even pick the middle of the room or the corner. I know over the summer I was meditating in a different room of my house, just in the middle of the room on the floor on a yoga mat. And I had some really wild, amazing meditations. And that was like for a season, right? And, but I think it was also because I was so grounded in that space, but right now I'm in the wisdom area of my home. Um, which, which is front door to the left. So it's okay. going to be the far the left, far corner left corner slash area yeah. at the front if, of your home. Yeah. And if your home is not a perfect square or rectangle, it could be missing or it could be in your garage. Yeah, so Jen, at yeah. your house, that's your living room because I know her house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it um, might be a great place on your Yeah, it would somewhere. be. I, you could totally make that. She could make that little corner because she's got a fireplace right there. So, yeah, you could make that corner really cozy. I have not seen her house since it's been furnished, though, so... Um, so there was, and then somebody, uh, asked what were good crystals. Oh, funny. She just responded and said, that's where I sit. See, the yeah, I'm not surprised. um, good crystals for that. Like just to be super general, cause we're running low on time and I think we're going to get more in depth with this, aren't we? In the next one or the yeah. next one. Um, I would go with things that are associated with the third eye or crown chakra. So your blues and purples. Um, and then I can go into detail next time on certain ones and what they are used for. But if you're like, I would also look at the purpose for your meditation, right? If, it, if it's to clear your mind, you're going to use something different than if you are meditating to call in prosperity or you're meditating on, you know, fixing a relationship problem. So, you know, whatever. And that's why I have so many different stones that I meditate with because I usually just grab whatever I'm in the mood for. I don't even think about, I don't put thought into it and just like, oh, that was good today. I think that's what I'm going to use today. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, there, it just depends on what, what you're meditating on and for, I think. So yeah, next, next week, are we, we're doing it every week, right? Or every other week? I think we're doing it every week every for a little while. We're going to do it every week for a little while. Yeah. So thank you, Brandy. Brandy definitely said thank you. Like, it was amazing throw some some scenarios at me and I'll 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 let you know what the right ones are for that um for whatever you're meditating for um I can come back next week with ideas on that and we'll, yeah we could talk like creating like sacred meditation space next week and kind of like narrow it down to that mm -hmm. and look at it from a physical and crystal perspective yeah and like yeah. maybe our, our routines and like what that looks like for us. Um, one more thing. This is a question for you. Can you talk about bedroom feng shui a little bit more? Oh, um, I feel like, yeah, I could talk about that for a really long time. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know 
know where to start. Um, your bedroom, here's what I'll say. A way for you to start recognizing your bedroom a little bit differently is that no matter where it's located at in your home energy map, your bedroom, your, your master bedroom represents, or the bedroom that you stay in, does represent the most intimate parts of yourself. And so it's the pieces of you that maybe most people don't know, or maybe only you know. And so when you're looking at it like that, especially if, you know, you are one of those people that's like, oh, we never did anything to our bedroom because no one sees it, you know, and you haven't made it a, you know, or it's a dumping ground for stuff you don't know what to do with, or however you're viewing your bedroom or however it makes you feel when you enter it. Think about how that relates to like some intimate parts of yourself that, you know, if it's very cluttered, clutter at its basic form is you putting physical things in between you and something that you are not dealing with or you're not ready to deal with. So you're creating physical space between you and that thing. Um, So I think it's really important that we pay attention to what's going on in our bedrooms how that space makes us feel, like what's the energy that it's giving off. I think that it's really important that we love everything in our bedroom. Maybe the bedroom isn't finished or exactly the way that you want it to be, but can you look at what is in there and say, I love every one of these pieces, or if there's something in there that you hate or that brings up bad memories for you, can you remove it? So I would, I think that's something that I would start with because I could, you know, go on and on about bed frame feng shui and maybe we'll do that in a, um, a different episode um, where we'll talk specifically about the bedroom and we can get into all the nuances. But I think that's a good place to start when you're talking about, you know, feng shui of your bedroom, the energy that it holds and like, are you paying attention to that? Um, and how is it making you feel? And then if it's not making you feel the way that you want, what are some, you know, changes that you can make? It might be like changing the light bulbs in your lamps because they're super bright and they hurt your eyes. And, you know, you go with something that's what that like soft light and it's a lower wattage, right? Cause that makes the room feel better. You know, there's so many little things that we can do if we just tune in to our space and start to kind of ask ourselves and listen to our own intuition, um, what might make it feel better to us? um, Personal experience on the bedroom thing. And Kate and I have talked about this. My bedroom was not a dumping ground for all things, but it was a corner of the house that we never worked on. Like it needed carpet and my furniture was old. Um, And then coupled that with, my an unfinished project in the love and relationships corner of my house which is literally direct, like the opposite end of the house and i remember telling my husband who no longer lives with me by the way this is significant you know our bedroom and our love and relationships corner are both very chaotic you know like we've got one that's not finished and the other one that is a shit show like it needs attention and so you know I you work on that I'll work on this well it never got done and well I'm getting a divorce (laughs) so so like it's important I think to nurture not only the bedroom 
um, but also that corner. Mm. And Jen, in your case, that second bedroom on the right in your house, that's in your, your love and relationships corner. I think it's important to note too, that sometimes when we start to uncover these things in our homes, we need to be mindful that we are also uncovering these things in our lives. And it doesn't always mean like, you know, I think a lot of people look at feng shui as something that you can do to fix things in your life, but really it's it's more about uncovering things in your life, right? So you're able to look back on this experience in your life now and say, well, that makes sense. But it doesn't mean that like, how do I want to say this? Like this this the right. This was, yeah, it wasn't necessarily that it caused, but the right. fact that you, neither one of you worked on improving those areas was symbolic of the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it is what it is. It's not always that. Sometimes it just uncovers things that we need to see. Right. Rather than like, we now are going to like, it has to be like a fix. Sometimes the fix is things ending, right? Like I saw that in my life, the, you know, the previous year. And, um, and I've, I've seen a lot of people kind of go through that recently. And it's been interesting to like know them and know their homes and things like that as well. Be like, Oh, hmm, yep. You know, our home is symbolic of us and it's always talking to us and telling us something. And, you know, um, sometimes we work on things and they get better. And sometimes we work on things and we see that we need to go a different route and bringing a feng shui practice like really into your home is going to sometimes show you things that you don't want to (laughs) see. Yeah. And I often like any practice. I wonder if, you know, those areas had been worked on and I'm not just putting that on my partner, like that was on me too, you know, and I used that as kind of a way to needle him to finish that project. And then I could tackle that project. But I wonder too, you know, had we worked on those projects, would there be a different outcome? Like, had we created, you know, well, and I think that's symbolism for, are you able to co-create together? Right. Right. Because when you can co-create together, you can grow together, even if you're growing at different speeds or whatever, but you're co-creating together. And that to me is usually like one of the things that makes a relationship work in a very well, right. Mm -hmm. Is being able to co-create together. And I think then again, you have that symbolism of you know, okay, maybe if you would have done that, something would have shifted, right, in the relationship. But also, the fact that you couldn't also maybe means that there wasn't co-creation, like it wasn't, wasn't possible, right? So I think there's, I mean, it's endless, right? The Mm -hmm. amount that we could like pick through things, but that's why I love it. It's so fascinating. It is. It is. And then one of the first things I did was start tearing into that bedroom. Like, I'm like, fine, I'm fucking doing it for me. Yeah, exactly. And I made it beautiful. And I squared off the corner that was in the love and relationships corner. And, um, you know, and I, and the deck got finished and, you know. 
And it just feels like a different house to be honest. Yeah. And again, like symbolic, like there's also, there was a reason of energy blockage, something going on where those things, you know, where you didn't have the energy or motivation to co-create maybe. Right. But like when you were by yourself, it was like, okay, let's fucking do this. Well, because like, One of the reasons is, you know, when you aren't dealing with another person's like clutter and, um, and habits and everything else, you're able, like I was able to clean like blank slate that room and start from scratch. And I, and so I created a lot of space in there first, right. By losing a person. (laughs) And all of their stuff. So there was a lot of space created. So I was kind of able to go in there and just redo everything. And yeah, I mean, it made my whole entire house feel different. And it made that room feel so different that that's the room that I sit in in the morning to meditate and journal. So I love it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to keep talking if we don't um, cut this off. Um, So... I will see you next week, same time. Thank you for the slash five thirty. Yes, thank you for all the questions. Julie is so great about answering them, and I'm so easily distracted that I try not to look at what's going on down here because I then am like, I don't know what you just said. So, <laughs> the questions always ask Julie questions if you want them answered. <laughs> All right. Well, I will see you next week and we'll tackle yes. choosing the right spot. Yeah. We'll do in meditation, your home sacred space. And start talking about what to put in it, in that space. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'll talk about good places for it. Makeshift places. Yeah. We'll just kind of do the whole, the whole gamut. So okay. yay. I'll see Sounds you next good. week. All right. I'll talk to you then. Bye.